Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. But we're going to be talking about kingdom dominion. This is actually part four of, of our study that we've been preaching and teaching about kingdom dominion. And uh, today's lesson is on the function of delegated authority. The function of delegated authority. Let me define for you. I'm going to cover over some new things and share some, or cover over some things that we use and share some new things as well. I want to define what dominion is. I want to define that for you. The Hebrew, there's, there's a Hebrew word in the Old Testament and a Greek word in the New Testament that is used uh, for the word dominion. The Hebrew word in the Old Testament for dominion is rada, R-A-D-A-H. It means to rule to subjugate, to tread down, to prevail against. To rule, to subjugate, to tread down, to prevail against. The idea is to exercise control. It can be used, the word is used both good and bad for those that exercise control through manipulation or abuse of power and then those that use it for the good. In Jeremiah, he writes and talks about the false priest who had run under their own authority. That's abuse of power. An abuse of power. How many know there is abuse of power? Then in Genesis chapter 1, it tells us about that God has given us dominion over the, over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over all the creeping things. And, and so God gives us the dominion over resources, the control over resources. Control over resources, control over natural things, as well as we will find in the New Testament, spiritual things. In the book of Psalms, it tells us in chapter 10, 110 and verse 2, the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion, rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. He said, I want you to have dominion in the midst of your enemies. That's what that word is uh, there from the Hebrew, rada. And then in the New Testament, uh, Greek word for dominion is kratos. Everybody say kratos. No, you got to roll your R. Kratos. Amen. And, and, and so you got to get that right there, okay? It means the right to govern. The right to govern. The manifested power to rule and to control. Uh, it is the presence of strength. Is that when a king shows up in his kingdom, just him being there is dominion. I want to tell you, because we have God's delegated authority to us, when you show up, you have dominion. Just simply, if you're under God's rule, you have dominion. Over things, habits, you have dominion and authority over your mouth, 
I can't control my temper. Not if you're under God's authority. If you're under God's authority and under God's dominion, you can control your temper. You say, but I have a problem. Well, you know what? The Bible tells us he gives us his spirit, and we'll get into that a little bit to help us. But uh, kratos uh, is, is the New Testament word that is used often for dominion. It means the presence of strength, force, and might. There are three Greek words, and I've taught you about this in, in years past and studies. There are three Greek words. The two that, that you'll be familiar with uh, is, is the exousia and dunamis and also kratos. But I want to look at these three Greek words because they work together to help us to understand dominion. The first Greek word is exousia. Everybody say exousia. It refers to the sphere or the area of delegated authority and having the legal right to use power. Exousia refers to the area or the sphere of delegated authority and having the right, the legal right, to use God's power. Somebody say, I like that. We would say we have jurisdiction. Okay? God has given to us jurisdiction, the right to use his power. It is the lawful use of God's power. Not the abuse of power, but the lawful use of power. Jesus said that all power, all exousia, that's what the word means, all exousia is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He said, I have the power in every area, in the supernatural or in the spiritual and in the earth. I have it in the visible and the invisible. I have it among man and among the principalities and powers of this world. He said, I have all authority. Praise be to God. Amen. In Matthew chapter 10, the Bible teaches us, uh, and when he had called unto his disciples, his 12 disciples, he gave them power. That's the word exousia against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. When you're a child of God and you have the spirit of God, you have been commissioned to have the authority of God to operate in legal power. Stop letting the devil run you over because you think you're the least of the saints, you're the smallest of the small boy, you're not the pastor, you're not the preacher. And, but when you have been given by God his spirit, you have been given the authority in his name to use his power. So when I pray for the sick, I can pray in that authority. I'm not telling you something you don't already know. I just want to lay a foundation today for where we're going. It's a powerful word when you consider exousia you will find that it, 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 Jesus said in John he said in uh, there he said that those who receive Jesus and those who believe on his name are given the exousia the legal power the legal authority to become sons of God stop complaining about being immature you have the legal right to grow up praise be to God so you have exousia. The second word is dunamis. That's the, that's the great word that we like to use because it means the, the power to perform. It's the, it's the acts that, that happen, and we've talked about that. You shall receive power. 
power. That's dunamis power. After that, the Holy Ghost is coming upon you. You're going to have ability that you didn't have to do before. You're going to have strength that you didn't have in yourself in the natural. That's why I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not just simply so I can speak in tongues and say that I'm saved and born again, but I need power that I can face this world. I need ability that I don't have on my own. I don't care how smart you are, how talented you are. Your ability will only get you so far, but when you face a devil, you better have something bigger than your name, your heritage, your education, and say, I have the legal right to pray in the name of Jesus and cast you out. And then the third word is karatos is, is the word for, that is primarily used for dominion. It means to tread down, to prevail against karatos, dominion. Dominion is what happens when authority, exousia, and power, dunamis, are in right alignment. When we're in right alignment and they're working together, then you have dominion. You have control. Aren't you tired of living in a world that feels like everything's going out of control? Aren't you tired? Like, do you ever look at the gas prices and think, will y'all ever quit fluctuating? It was down to three sixty nine, and I thought I was getting a deal. It's back up to three ninety nine. dollars I think, my Lord, what? are you tired of looking at our world, our political world, our cultural world, our job markets and all this and just, just the craziness that is around you? You feel like you're losing control? What I want to say, in this very hour, you can walk in a peace of mind when you walk in dominion, amen, and have things under control by the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Let me, let, me, let me show you a verse of scripture that has all three of these words in it. From the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Everybody say dunamis. That's the power to perform, okay? What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power? That's karatos. That means dominion. That means his presence. When God shows up. I remember years ago, my dad was dean of men in the, in the, in the Bible college in, in San Antonio, Texas. And they had some people that were carousing around, some young guys that were carousing around and creating problems around the women's dorm on that campus. On one side of the campus was the men's dorm. On the other side of the campus was the ladies' dorm. And so my dad, they kept having these problems with these these boys just being a nuisance to the girls' dorm. So my dad went and picked about a, a, a dozen of the biggest guys he could find that was in that boys' dorm, and he brought them up, and he said, I want you to stand behind these bushes. And so my dad went up, which he's a big man, was a big man himself, six foot two and big, you know, and he was standing there. He was talking to these boys, and they thought, well, we got him outnumbered. We're going we're gonna to get him. But when my dad made a signal, all these guys stepped out behind the bushes. What happened is that dominion stepped up. Why? Because just the presence of those guys standing there made these other guys flee. That's how God wants us to see ourselves with him is that when I show up, I am the majority because I have dominion. 
when I show up and I'm submitted to Christ, I show up, I have the majority with him. The working of his mighty power. Praise God. Amen. Just leave this passage up, Sister Bev. I'm going to walk through it for just a few minutes. Um, go to verse 20. Which he wrought in Christ, listen to this, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Dominion doesn't start with what we know. It doesn't start with how versed we are in Scripture. It starts at the resurrection. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is what produced dominion in our life. He paid for it on the cross and in the grave and in the pit of hell where he went and he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He said, you no longer have a dominion over people. I am taking that back. And when he rose from the grave, he said, you can't touch this devil. You can't touch this. Amen. You say, I don't know if I have dominion. Well, he rose from the grave. Go fight that because you can't touch the resurrection. He's alive. Verse 21. He rose from the grave far above all principalities and power. That's exousia. That's authority. Above all principality and power and might and dominion. That's government. That word there is government. And every name that is a name, not only in this world, but in that also in that which is to come. Hallelujah. He still got it. Uh, and hath put all things under his feet, all things under his feet, all things under his feet. What's your problem? It's under his feet. Amen. And gave him to be the head, the life source over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Amen. I want to tell you today that dominion belongs to God alone. I don't have dominion because of my power. He alone has has the right and the authority to delegate that power. He alone has the rule and the authority to say, here you go. I'm going to give you this power. Now use it appropriately. When you and I are under legal authority and walk empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can show up with dominion. Amen. If there is an area in our life that we do not have dominion, if our mouth is not under dominion, if our money is not under dominion, if our attitude is not under dominion, if our priorities are not under dominion, if something is out of, if we are not, if these things are not under dominion, then something is out of order. Because God has promised us if we would be in proper exousia, Authority, legal authority, we can operate in dunamis power and have dominion. If I don't have dominion over things in my life, I need to go examine what the order of my life is in. Because kingdom authority and kingdom dominion does not only work in the natural, in earth, it works in the spiritual. It's in earth and it, as it is in heaven. Amen. So when we are under legal authority, we have the right and the power to resist the devil and he will flee from us, period. Yes, 
man, I could go down a lot of roads here, but I'm going I'm to stay with my notes because i got a long ways to go. Amen. I'll be done when I'm done. Can somebody say, thank you, Pastor? You hear people say, well, I'm going to take authority. I'm going to take dominion. What in the world does that mean? What does that mean? Years ago, there was a guy that was into this real name it, claim it, grab it, blab it stuff, you know. And so he had taught it to some of his, his friends and his buddies. And they were going down the interstate uh, uh, doing about 55 miles an hour on a loop. And they had put a ladder in the back of the pickup. And a boy, a young man, was in the back holding that ladder down as they're going down. If that day they had uh, uh, fails on YouTube, this would have been on it. Because you can imagine what happened. A gust of wind grabs a hold of that ladder as they're going down the road. The ladder and the guy comes tumbling out. Okay? And he's rolling like this, and he's a young teenage boy, and he jumps to his feet, and he says, I don't claim this in Jesus' name. Dude, no, what you should have done is tied the ladder down. Okay? I believe that there is a is a doctrine that is out of whack when it comes to some of this. You know, I take authority over this. I take authority over that. Not if you're not submitted. Quit it. Quit it. God has established authority and legal structure to administrate His kingdom. This is a kingdom. Amen. True Christianity is not a religion. True Christianity is not a religion. It is a government. We have a king. We have a constitution. It's called the Bible. This is not a religious book. This is the constitution of the kingdom. This is our bylaws and guidelines. Uh, amen. And it cannot be amended. It cannot be changed. It's the word of God. This is what we live by. It's the book that we appeal to to have authority. The battle in life that we talked about last week. The battle in life. Where, the battle where the lesser overcomes the greater and we have victory over the greater amen the battle is about government and dominion in your life pastor i don't have freedom then let's get in alignment pastor i'm i'm battling this and i'm battling that and i also know that there are there are health things Amen, that you might need to go get taken care of, that that might be an issue. Maybe your diet is really off. Amen, because there are some things that you can eat that are so bad to you that it cause you anxiety. Stop eating it. There are things that you can drink that will give you a headache. Quit drinking it. Somebody say that's real simple, but true. Darkness wants to dominate you. Hell wants to dominate your thoughts. Hell wants to dominate your time and your purpose. Satan wants you broken and under the dominion of sin. But Jesus came to set you and me free and then give us dominion. He didn't just save me, Brother Pork, from sin. He set me free from the dominion of sin. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power, everybody say exousia, the authority of darkness 
and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I am changed. I'm not under the same government. I am not under the same leadership. I come under him. That's why my opinion now doesn't matter. My thoughts don't matter. My personal interpretations don't matter. It's what does the king say? Whatever the king says, that's what I want because I want dominion. Brother David, I want dominion. I want to, I want to walk in power over my flesh. I want to walk in power over my mind. I want to walk in power against the enemy that comes to attack me, whatever it may be. Hallelujah. Because here's what I know. You can still be sick and have dominion. It doesn't have to lead you down the road of despair and, 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 and take on the badge of Eeyore and how bad it is and chick a little, the sky's falling. And... All right. Who delivered us from the power of, of darkness and translated the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him, everybody say by him, were all things created that are in heaven. Here's that visible, invisible, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, whatever kingly power that somebody feels like they have, or dominion, that's lordship, whatever lordship they, there may be, principalities, that's designated leaders over a place, amen, or dominions, lordship, or uh, principalities, or, or powers, that's authority. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head, the life source of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might be, might have the preeminence. Everybody say first place. That's what he wants. Paul told the church at Colossia, he said that because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he principalities and powers he spoiled authorities and powers and made a show of them openly triumphant in uh, over them in it jesus won dominion for you jesus won dominion for you he gave us authority so we might stand in that dominion when we submit to god again we have the legal right to resist the devil and he'll flee from us so what happens when we take dominion? I want to go through this quickly. I've covered it, but I'm just going to go through it. And, and again, Sister Bev, on these verses, if you'll just leave them up, I'm going to be walking through them. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Here's the text that we've been using as a central text. It, is, it reads this way. To the intent that now, everybody say now. Unto the principalities, that's a, the sphere of authority, the powers that is the word exousia, which means jurisdiction, and heavenly places, all angelic hosts, all demons, all good angels come under this, this scripture, might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. When he says that the church purpose here is to reveal the comprehensive wisdom and plan of God. You and I were not saved and evacuated. We were saved and deployed. 
We were not saved and just taken out of this. He said, I put you in my army. I put you in my government. You are now my ambassador. You are now my representative. You are here to show, as we said last week, that you're here to show the angelic force that God can take a lesser being and make something greater out of him. God can take a lesser man and tell the angelic host, look here, here's my plan. My plan is for people to be victorious. My plan is for habits not to control them. My plan is for their mind to not be going bonkers. My plan is for them to not have an enemy that shackles them in any way. I feel the preacher. I got to slow down because I just want to take off with a bunch of junk, good junk. But God wants to show through us that we can overcome, that you can overcome, that you can overcome. Somebody say, I can overcome. Praise God. That, that, that addiction to that stuff, it does not have to rule over me. Praise be to God. Verse 11, according to the eternal purpose, which means God's always got a plan in advance for you. Amen. The eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness. Dominion will give you boldness to speak freely. The freedom to speak. And also access. Dominion will give you access. It'll bring you into the presence of God time and time again. Hallelujah. I will tell you that it, as the Lord has been dealing with me about this, it's changed my, my focus on prayer. It's changed my understanding of when I come into worship. It's changed the fact that I can, amen, live in victory. What true living in victory is not a Pentecostal platitude. It's not just something we say, oh, I'm living in victory. No, I'm not just only living in victory. I am living an overcoming life because he said that I would be more than a conqueror. I want to know how. Amen. I want to know how. I don't want just want to quote uh, uh, good, cute sayings and, and cultural church cultural uh, words, but I want to know how. How do I speak boldly? How do I declare it boldly? How do I have an access that no matter where I'm at, what I'm doing, I can get to the throne room of heaven and get my answer? We have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Verse 13, wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, <clears throat> that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. Somebody say dunamis. That's what he says, to be strengthened with doing some stuff. Strengthened with some ability by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Somebody say the attitude of dominion is love. Not abuse. A love. Verse 18. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. Amen. Somebody say Revelation. God wants to show us stuff. God has been showing us stuff in the last two nights, and he's going to show us stuff tonight. Amen. I want to come with my eyes open and my spirit receptive because he wants to speak some things into my life. Amen. Because I want to be an overcomer. Amen. 
I want to say this. A lot of believers spout words like, I'm an overcomer, and they're defeated. They're defeated. Amen. But when you come to know your biblical right, I have a biblical right by God to pray in dominion, to overcome habits, to overcome fears, to overcome things. I can, Paul said, do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I know that specifically he was talking about being broke and being rich. I can be both broke and rich at the same time. I can have a lot and have less because I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Not without dominion. Not without understanding your authority in Christ. Amen. So this is what he's talking about here. Verse 19. And to know the love of Christ which passeth all knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Somebody say, I want that. I want the fullness of God. That's why we have revival. That's why we come and pray. That's why we come and worship. That's why we read our Bibles. That's why pastor gets up and teaches for umpteen weeks in a row about dominion because I want the fullness of God. Now, we've been studying all this in these verses of Scripture. And the next verse we often cherry pick. But when you understand it in context, it brings new light. Go to the next verse. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power. According to the power. Amen. What is he talking about there? He is talking about dunamis. According to the miracle working mighty act power of God. Whatever I ask or whatever I think. But not without dominion. That's why we think and we ask and we pray and nothing happens. Because we don't understand the context of if I am submitted to him. If I am in order to him. I can pray whatever I want in his name. Because I have a legal authority. I have legal right. Praise God. So that verse of scripture took on no new understanding for me. He says, according to the power that worketh where? 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 In us. And to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So be it. Mic drop. The churches on this earth to demonstrate dominion, to feel and experience the fullness of God, to be rooted and grounded in Christ and in his love. Amen. And one way that God does that, one way authority works is through delegated authority. Everybody say delegated authority. I want to get into this for a little bit right now. We quickly say, I want this, Pastor. But you can't just have it on one end without it working according to the will of God. Amen. The Bible tells us that he's before all things, and by him all things consist, and he's the head. I'm not. He's the Christ. I am not. I never died for anybody. I've never saved anybody. 
Amen. This is his kingdom, not my kingdom. I can go talk to you in Revelation where it talks about in the King James, we are kings and priests with him. That is not exactly when you begin to look at the Greek, what that means. It means that we are a kingdom of priests. We are not a king. I'm not a little king and you're not a little king. There is only one king. I'm a part of a royal priesthood. You know what royal priesthood do? They are the go-between. The word priest comes in, in the Latin from pontiff, which means bridge or pontoon bridge. It's where we get the word bridge. A priest is to be a go-between between heaven and earth. We stand here today in dominion so that we can reach out into heaven and get what earth needs. Amen. Because that's our calling. God wants you to be a priest. We're complete in him who's the head. He's the head, I'm not. All right. Now this verse can throw you for a loop. So let's go see what it does. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Let every soul, some souls, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. Ouch. For there is no power but of God. There is no authority but God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Hmm. Whoso therefore resisteth the authority, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. What is the equivalent opposite of dominion, damnation. Oh, y'all want me to go back to dominion? <laughs> For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is. Get this, this, this just really blows my mind. The, the, these powers that are of God and they're not good, he says, but he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Can I put it like this? When that cop pulls you over for breaking the law, he is a minister of God. That would put a stop to a lot of this junk. That's about some of the flimbiest amen I have gotten all day. Verse 4, for he is a minister of God to thee to good, but if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, he beareth not the badge in vain, he beareth not that gun in vain. If you're running from the law and you hear click, click, you better hit the ground. It may be too late. Verse 5, wherefore ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers. 
tax collectors, the government, the IRS. Praise God, I got dominion. But don't let me obey. Let me hide my money. Let me not be real and honest about my money. My dad went and preached for a supposed pastor. I say that very, very factually, who in his house began to knock his foot up against a wall, a hall wall. And he, and, and he knocked and he went up about four foot and the sound changed. And he said, there's cash in there that the IRS knows nothing about. God does. God does. I'm going to tell you, it is not kingdom apostolic way to, to lie and cheat. Take advantage of every loophole that is legal that you possibly can. I don't want them to get a one dime, one red cent that is not theirs. Y'all going to preach with me today? But I can't afford to lie and cheat. And when I do, I get out from under the subjection of a government that God said I give all power to. I don't care if you like the president or don't like the president. I will tell you today he was not put in because somebody stole an election. God puts up and God puts down. I don't mean to bust your bubble. I just simply want to tell you that we've got to understand that God operates through authority, not just in the church, but also in other areas of our life. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. Praise God. Verse 5. Let's go to that verse. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sakes, for this Cause pay you tribute also, for they are ministers, are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Ouch. Paul, please don't put that in there. I hate that. I don't like that. Submission is not submission until it's tested with something you don't like. There is only one sovereign authority. No church is a sovereign authority. No minister is a sovereign authority. No pastor is a sovereign authority. No evangelist is a sovereign authority. There's none of us that are autonomous. No bishop. There is none of us that regulate without being under authority. Amen. The government of the kingdom is not a democracy. We are eaten up with a mentality of what, what the way that our government looks is how that's a Christian-formed government. Well, you know what? It's really nice and great, and I love our country, but it is not set up on a true theocracy. It is not set upon the, that there's one that has the final say, and he sits upon the throne on high, and his word is the absolute word, and it's the last saying in my life. We can debate over titles. We can debate over organization. We can debate over, or, or, over leadership flow charts and concepts. But the, line, the bottom line is that he's the authority, amen, and we don't have authority unless he gives it to us. Let every soul, Paul said, let every soul. Anybody got a soul today? That's all of us. Let every one of us be subject unto the higher powers. There are four areas of authority, delegated authority, we need to be mindful of in our life. Number one is civil authority. 
civil authority. The second is church authority. The third is family authority. And the fourth is social authority. There are delegated authorities in our life that God wants us to be subject to. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. Submission to God's delegated authority is not an option that I can pick and choose when I like the guy. I want to tell you, and I said Brother J.D. helped set me up today. I want to tell you that this is not a place that I want to be. I would just soon run from being a pastor of the church and saying these kinds of things. I would soon sit there and say amen to, to my pastor. I, I, don't like, I, I don't like people feeling, it, it, it's, just, it's just strange to me. But it isn't me. It is not about me. It's about what God confers upon me. It's not about who I am even as a... It's not about how good I can preach or how bad I preach. It's not about whether I do make decisions right all the time or not. It's that God said, I invested in you an authority and I want you to operate in it. So when I, when I stand before you under God's power, it is not about the man. It is about the God that I submit to. Do you know how tough it is to listen to? How old are you, buddy? An 18-year-old told you, you need to obey your pastor. And I'm thinking, I, I need to move you hard. I didn't change a hole in the car. But if we're going to get this, we're going to have to understand that it isn't about the person. It's about the authority that is bequeathed to him or to her. Amen. I'm, I'm going to get to this. All you folks that went on vacation and everything, I'm holding you accountable to this. Be sure to watch it. God ordained power. He arranged it. He put it in place. We cannot profess submission to God and not be submitted to, to his delegated authority at the same time. It does not work that way. Now, we could talk about abuse of power. We could talk about that preacher, that pastor, or that cop that abused his power. But it doesn't change the fact that God gives authority. God will deal with them. I will tell you, I have watched it over and over and over and again. When a, a man of God or a pastor that has delegated authority gets his life out submitted out from under submission to Christ and does something that is wrong, sinful, immoral, whatever the case may be, God will expose him every time. It may not even be till his death, but God will expose him and God will reveal the secrets that he thinks that have been hidden. I want to tell you that God wants to use people that are humble and submitted to him. That's why I have accountability in my life. That's why I want somebody looking over my shoulder. I'm accountable to you to make sure that when I'm out in public, amen, you might find me in, a, in sweaty work clothes, but I want to make sure my tongue's right. I want to make sure my attitude is right. Do you realize that David was anointed and on a couple of occasions could have killed Saul? Saul was still king on the throne and yet David understood what a lot of people don't understand today and that is that until he gets off the throne, until God removes him off the throne, I'm submitted to him. I may 
run for my life. I may have to deal with some situations. I'm running from Saul. But David had a chance one time. He came upon him and stuck upon him and cut his garment off. And the Bible said the Lord smote him for just cutting his coat. Why? Because it wasn't about the man. Because that man was messed up. That man was out of order. But it was about the anointing that God and the authority that God conferred to him. When you and I understand that, then we can walk in dominion. We can walk in dominion. All right. Have you ever seen a leader, an authority, that's harsh and cruel and mean? You ever seen one of those guys that will say, don't let the back door hit you where you can go out the door? You don't like when I'm preaching, bless God? You ever seen those kind? Anybody ever heard of those kind? Get your hands up if you have. There's some some people that have abused power, that have really abused power. There's some people that were leaders and authorities that were harsh and mean. What do you think about Hitler? God, you ordain all power? Does that mean Hitler? Does that mean Stalin? Does that mean Pharaoh? Well, let's go to the word because we don't have word on Hitler, but we got word on Pharaoh. Exodus 9, 16, God speaking through Moses said, and in very deed for this cause, I raise thee up speaking to sh- for to show in thee my power that my name may declare throughout all the earth. Paul picks it up in Romans and says it like this. In Romans 9 and 17, For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, unto Pharaoh, the slave driver, the harsh leader, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up that I may show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. God took a whole bunch of people and put them under a mean dictator and a tyrant because he wanted to show his glory and his power. And that person that you're with, dealing with, that boss who is, is so harsh and cruel, or that person is so harsh and cruel, that's your leader. Amen. Hold on, because God wants to get some glory out of your submission and out of your humble nature and being willing to say, I'm not going to fight back. I'm not going to fight back. Somebody say God has a bigger plan. God has a bigger plan. God had wanted Israel to come out of Egypt with a lot of money and a lot of power. And to do that, he used Pharaoh. (laughs) It just might be that old sore head that you're having to deal with, that person you're having to deal with is setting you up. And God is putting you in a place to have glory and to have power and to have blessing if you'll just stay submitted, amen, long enough so that God can take care of the situation. Rahab told the Hebrew spies that came to Jericho, she said, I know that the Lord has given you this land and a great fear has fallen upon us so that we live in this country and are melting with fear because of you. They never would have had that if they hadn't learned how to come out of Egypt and out of Pharaoh's hand. Amen. Sometimes you don't know good authority. Amen. Until you come out of some bad authority. 
Okay. I'm going to quickly go through these and then we're going to get to some more meat. This is civil authority. I'm not going to deal with this very long, but we are to submit to civil authority. First Peter chapter two, verse three. Are you with me? Everybody say amen. First Peter two and 13 rather. First Peter two thirteen. submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. Do you notice that line? Is it up there? To every ordinance of man for, say it, the Lord's sake. You submit for the Lord's sake in every area of life. We submit to Christ for his sake. Wives submit to husbands for his sake. Brothers and sisters submit to one another for his sake. Family submits to patriarchal leadership for his sake. Man, the world doesn't like that today. The world doesn't care for that today. But we do it for the Lord's sake, whether he be, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. Aren't you glad for some laws of the land? Aren't you glad we don't have anarchy? Aren't you glad that there's still a guy that drives around town, makes you want to put your seatbelt on when you see him? Come to a complete stop in Medora? Watch your speedometer? Somebody say, God is using him. God is using him to make me a better man. Verse 15, for so is the will of God that with well-doing you might put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Mm, that's a mouthful. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as a servant of God. Just because I'm a child of God, don't give me the right to cuss out the Walmart checkout people. It doesn't give me the right to spout off my mind and say things that are cruel, hurtful, call names. I'm preaching right now. Praise God. Look at verse 17. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Honor the president. I'm going to let that sink for a while. Do we need to have a prayer meeting? Hmm. Honor the king. Servants be subject to your masters. That would be employer and employee. With all fear. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. Woo, that's preaching. I'm not going to even commentate on that. Just simply let it sit. That's civil authority. That's what he's talking about. Then there's family authority. Submit yourselves, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as, here that is again, unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. A lot of guys want to be the head, but they don't want to be the Savior. <clears throat> I got a month's worth of preaching in just this chapter alone. He said, husbands, love your wives. He said... Um, let me get right to the right verse. He said in verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and, and he is the Savior of body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. 
We don't have a right, men, to complain about our wives being submitted if we haven't laid down our life for our family. If we have a, a man that won't work, shouldn't eat. Amen. If you don't have a J-O-B for your, your, your family, then go get one. Get a J-O-B. That's our responsibility to provide for our family and be a savior of our family. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. Then I want to read another scripture about family authority. I'm moving on. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 18, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as is fit in the Lord. There's that statement again, as is fit under the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Amen. Help me, Lord, not to tell this story, but I think I am anyway. <laughs> we were evangelizing years ago in a place north, south, east, west of here. And we were in the pastor's home. And the phone rang and he's sitting in his lazy boy with his feet up. And there's a table right here with a lamp and the old landline phone right here. And the phone rings, and his wife is in the kitchen preparing a meal for us. And he says, honey, phone. She came out of the kitchen and got the phone and answered the phone. A little bit of Fred Gill rose up in me, but I knew better than say anything. But looking at that, I'm thinking, that's not right. You're going to move just one muscle and go over here and pick it up and say hello. That is what I was going to tell, and I probably shouldn't have told it, but there it is. Let me go back. <clears throat> Verse 21, fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Somebody say amen. Servants, obey them in all things, your masters, your employers, according to the flesh, not with eye service as man pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And look at verse 23. This is about dominion and, and, and submission. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Your job that you do, you do it as unto the Lord and not as unto men, knowing that the Lord, uh, that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no and there is no respect of persons. This is for everybody. Somebody say it's for me. Submit as unto the Lord. Be faithful as unto the Lord. Do your work and submit in family as unto the Lord. Praise be to God. I thank the Lord today for the family structure that God has given to us. If the home is out of order, society is out of order. If society's out of order, we're in a mess. Social authority. Let me just quickly talk about this. Social authority deals with employment, schools, communities, and organization. Y'all ready? 1 Peter 2, 17. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Servants, be subject to your own masters with all fear. Listen to this. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. It doesn't matter if it's at McDonald's drive-thru that has somebody that that was their aspiration to be a drive-thru expert. And you can't understand half what they say. And the mic don't work good. And you're, 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 you don't get your fries. And, and, and you don't get your, 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 what you ordered, go in there and say, bless God, I'm going to tell them right what, I'm going to tell them what I think. I'm going to set them straight. Whoa, 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 slow your roll. Hold back. 
Because if that is the case, then we're out of order and not under dominion and authority. Okay, I, I, I got to quit. But I still have one more to go. Authority in the church. If God sets civil, family, and community authorities, then sure enough, he sets authority in the church. God has placed in the church leadership. God has placed specifically offices of deacon, elder, and bishop in the church for the leadership of the church. Amen. God gives oversight to leaders, and we must be willing to submit to that leadership and follow them. Let me give you a scripture, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. Brother J.D. set that up today. Obey them. Amen. I will tell you that I never want to be a, a, a kind of a, of a pastor that says, bless God, it's my way or the highway, or, or the very next voice that you ever hear is God's voice. Closest to me is God's voice. That's that's the voice you need. That is not right. Amen. There ought to be a spirit of humility. There ought to be a, a spirit of love. There ought to be a spirit of consistency. But God said, I'll put in the church my leadership, the apostles that govern, the prophets that guard, the evangelists that gather, the pastors that guide, and the teachers that ground. We need to be submitted to them. If we want dominion, we've got to be submitted to delegated authority. I'm going to give you a couple examples in Scripture of those who did not submit to delegated authority and what happened. The first one is Eve. Everybody say Eve. We get all in, in, in great consternation about whose fault it was that Adam and Eve messed up, don't we? It's the woman. Isn't that what Adam said? <laughs> it's the woman, Lord. She did it. Who was the one that was really at fault? Well, let me break down to you what happened initially. Eve didn't stay under her covering and functional authority. When Satan showed up as a snake... She should have looked to the one that God had put in the garden first. And God set up the family by patriotic order. It's not better or worse or this one's more important than that. But God has functional authority. He, it is consistent throughout scripture. Humanity has tried to wipe it away. Amen. They're trying to cancel it today. Patriarchal family leadership, they're trying to cancel it. Hollywood's trying to cancel it. Culture's trying to cancel it. But I'm just telling you, it's in the book. Amen. Hallelujah. And so Eve got out from under her covering and she chose fruit over submission. She uncovered her head and became unprotected. And so an angel came with a bad message. Satan showed up with a message that destroyed her and she rebelled. Amen. Her wants and her will took over God's uh, 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 will for her life. And so she violated order. She got out of order and Adam is standing over here. He's out of order because his mouth is shut. He should have told the devil, go somewhere else. Leave my wife alone. Don't be peddling that mess here. But he stood back and shut his mouth. And man has stood back and shut his mouth for generations and not said what he should be saying to the saving of his family. In listening to Eve and eating the forbidden fruit, Adam sinned directly to the will of God. He directly did it. 
Eve sin by not getting under authority. There's a story in scripture that I want to share with you that I think paints a picture of our society today. How many remember the story of the ark? Noah and the ark? Y'all with me just for a few more minutes? Noah and the ark. They came through the ark. Noah and his sons and their wives, they come through the ark. And after the flood, Noah, after a period of time, went and got him some wine and got drunk, didn't he? I remember that. Noah failed by getting drunk. And to some degree, a lot of people say that it was only his legs that were uncovered. But to some degree, he was, whether he was totally uncovered or a portion of his body was uncovered, the Bible said that he was uncovered and he was naked. And his son Ham comes in. And what does Ham do? He looks at his dad, who is his authority in his life. He looks at his dad and goes, <laughs> and runs out to his brothers and begins, you'll not believe what I saw, dad. You know what dad did? Oh, dad, he just messed up something. And he got drunk and he uncovered himself and man, it's a sight to see. Look how he messed up. Look how bad he is. Noah messed up, but Noah was the authority. You know what Shem and Japheth did, the two brothers? Notice what they did. They went in backwards and covered over their dad's body so his nakedness would not be showing. You know what they did? They submitted. Even that man failed. That man made a mistake. But we're living in a day when a guy that's in authority makes a mistake. We want to say, ha, ha, did you see? Oh, look how they fall. Look what they, look at that man. Did you see what, what, Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you today, you better be careful how you treat God's authority because what happened to Ham is that Ham got a curse because he rebelled and didn't honor his authority in his life. Amen. But oh, I want to, I don't want to brag. I don't want to joke. I don't want to, I don't want to tear somebody down because they made a mistake. It, it matters how we react to delegated authority. Stand with me, please. When I first started pastoring, Sister Gill and I first started pastoring, and it's been over 30 years that we've pastored here and there. What are we, 18 year here, on our 18th year here? Something like that. Y'all, you've watched me get old. <laughs> Watch my face look like a road map. I'm starting. Started what? It started in 18. We're on, okay. I thought that I had to have the answers for everybody. And I thought I had people come to me. What, when I first, I was a young pastor. I was 30 years old. And they, they come to me and said, Pastor, I need to know what kind of car to drive. I had to give them an answer. There was no Google for them then. I'd give them an answer, you know, what kind of car? Oh, I think you ought to drive this car. And I thought I had to answer every question. I've gotten a little smarter and realized that God never intended me to be your guide on every area of your life. You've got the Holy Ghost to do that. But please hear me. Please hear me. Please hear me. You make major, major decisions without consulting the authorities in your life, look for problems. 
look for issues. You make major decisions about where you're going to do, what you're going to do, who you're going to marry, and things of that nature, or, or taking on a new venture or something like that. And you're, you're, you, you need to have some counsel. Amen. You need, I, I, I will tell you how proud it is when I have you know, people that would come in and said, said, Pastor, I'm feeling like I'm needing to do this. I'm needing to do that. And I'm going to pray with you. I don't have the answer, but I'll pray with you. You see, submission helps you more than it helps me. Submission helps you more than it helps me. Because it gives you a direct conduit. Not just to me, but through me, through Bishop, to the Lord. That's the way it works. Amen. If you're, if you're an unmarried woman, you have authority covering you today. Because if you're a part of a church, amen, that's going to cover you and pray for you and be here for you. Amen. There's something to this this morning that we must be submitted to God's delegated authority and receive what they have for our life. Praise be to God. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.